You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. When it comes to your prayer times, how many have ever hidden under the bed from Father God because you felt you let him down again? I think if I'm asked what is my number one reason for getting awkward or being hesitant or even avoiding my conversations with Father God, I would have to say it's because those times where I feel I let him down. I disappointed him again. And I know the first thing I'm going to have to say when I start to pray is, like a good, you know, good Canadian, sorry. <laughs> sorry, God. And, you know, what a way to always have to have it in my prayer. Sorry. You know, it, it, can, it can be like this. I can be having a great day. I can have heard what Pastor Jonathan talked about in Skip the Small Talk, the first message about being a real personality with real vocabulary, talking to a real God. I can have had my Abba Father moment, and I can, with faith, afresh, ask God, like we heard the teaching on last weekend, and get out there in my day, and then I say something wrong. Or I do something wrong, or I think something wrong, and then guess what? Do I want to go talk to God? I, I want to avoid him, because one of the worst things that Keith Smith can ever do, if you know me, is this, let, I hate letting people down. Are there any other perfectionists out there? <laughs> Just hate letting people down. And it's not that I'm afraid of what God will do when I come out from underneath the bed spiritually. It's, it's that I, I've disappointed him. And I don't want to, you know, sorry, it's Keith, messed up again. Just, I, I don't want to disappoint him. Don't want to let him down. Do, do you know what would be so cool, what would be so helpful? Is that if Jesus in the prayer that he gave us pre-installed confession. So that every time I went to God, I knew that he already knew that I would have messed up and he'd already provided for it. So when I went to pray the prayer that Jesus gave us the prayer, I would find myself saying something like, oh, I don't know, forgive us our debts. That would do it. That would do it. How many know it's there? It's embedded in the prayer that Jesus has given us that he knows that we're going to mess up and he's already provided for it so that we, every time we come before God, we can have a clean heart because we afresh confessed. Every time I ask God, if I'm going to ask in faith, how many know faith comes, especially when I know I've confessed and I have a clean heart. Next weekend, Pastor Jonathan's going to talk about praying for other people. You'll do a better job praying for other people if you know you go before God with the confidence of a clean heart because you have confessed your mess-ups to him. It just, it's just, there it is though. Jesus has put it right in the prayer. It's like that great Christian, the Apostle John, wrote it in the first chapter of his first letter. He says this, and it's written to a Christian audience. He says, if we say we are without sin, the truth is not in us. We deceive ourselves. And so to avoid God because we messed up, it makes about as much sense as avoiding water when we're dehydrated. Just makes as much sense. I mean, it's there. The cleansing is there. The spiritual hydration is there. 
And, and so we need to, before we go any further, we need to fix this message title because how many know it's never a question of what if? That's got to go. And if it's going to happen again, how many can say with me, say it aloud together? Oh, I'm glad to hear you do too. Because <laughs> I sure do. You see, it's normal. That's why we needed a savior. That we mess up. We're broken human beings. But here's where things go in two different directions. And they have two entirely opposite outcomes. Let's look first of all at the person who tries to carry their mess-ups themselves. All right? Carry their mess-ups themselves. How do we do that? Well, we can, I can carry my mess-ups by trying to conceal them. It's really pride, right? I'm embarrassed. I don't want anybody to know about it, so I hide it. I, I conceal it. Pride pushes me to conceal it. I can minimize it. One of the most common ways to minimize my mess-ups is to compare myself. I, all I have to do on staff here is just look over at Dr. Van and say, well, my mess-ups sure aren't as bad as his. You know what I'm saying? I can minimize them or I can blame shift. You know, listen, if they had not done that, then I wouldn't have messed up. It's their fault, Right? It's like the two boys playing in the backyard and one of them got mad at the other, threw a rock at him and then he ran in and said to his mother before his brother could get there, she, she, he said, Mommy, Johnny broke the window. She said, how did that happen? He said, I threw a rock at him and he ducked. <laughs> you know, just shifting. The, now, watch what happens though. This, this is sort of the, the policy of the human race, right? We see it more publicly profiled in, uh, with politicians, media executives these days, business leaders, and even one of the people in my condo building who went to the condo board and, and asked them to pay for the damages to his motor vehicle because it hit a garage door as he was exiting. <laughs> Until they showed him on video that it was his fault. And then he said, okay. What do we do? We're, we, we conceal it till we're caught. You know, we deny it till it goes viral. Just the, the, the way we do it. The, the, but the, watch this now. The, the problem is, if you conceal it, it, it you're still carrying it. And, and so King Solomon wrote in Proverbs, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. You're doing damage to yourself when you carry it by concealing it. But of course, the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And you know what else? Listen, watch this. When you carry your mess ups, you're not only damaging yourself, you end up damaging other people. You contaminate other people. It's just a matter of time where it spills out. Maybe not even in the same area that you messed up, but it spills out in your attitude or your perspective on something else. And so Hebrews talks about that and it warns us. It says, see to it that no one misses or falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and say it with me, and defile many. We can contaminate others when we carry our mess ups. And we contaminate, watch this, until we're quarantined. Because people like this, they get smaller. They reduce themselves in size. You know, from my earliest days of pastoring, 
I've been puzzling over why some people get older and they're so sweet. Then there are other people, they get older and... I call them three C seniors. <laughs> Cranky, critical, and cantankerous. But how do they get that way? Well, I mean, I know there's everything from biochemical changes can be a, a, a causative factor. But I know this for sure, that you cannot carry your mess-ups and expect to get older in a sweet way. And have you ever noticed that uh, 3C seniors, uh, misery sort of likes company? And so they get together with other 3C seniors to self-affirm themselves. They quarantine themselves. And how many know you don't want to go there? You don't want to go there at every level. Uh, I was uh, taking a, a shortcut through uh, Fairview Mall. If you know me, you know I can get really lost in my thoughts and not notice some things, basic things around me. Uh, and sometimes, I don't know how many times this has happened to me, that I've go, go, been going by a mannequin and I thought it was a real person. And I'm almost like, you know, I'm just the pastor. He just wants to greet everybody and talk to everybody. Well, I was going by this mannequin, taking a shortcut through the bay to get to the bank in Fairview Mall. And uh, look at this. Never sorry. Honestly, I stopped. It came out of my haze. And I wanted to talk to this guy about where that attitude would take him in life. <laughs> King David tried carrying his mess ups for a chunk of his life. And he later wrote about it with regret. Watch how it affects him physically, spiritually, and psychologically. He says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer. He, do you see him shriveling up mentally, spiritually, and psychologically? You see, when you conceal till you're caught, you not only contaminate till you're quarantined, you shrivel till you shatter. You shrivel, just shrivel, you just become so much, you carry your mess ups, that's where you're headed. Matter of fact, when I heard them working on the video that introduced this uh, teaching today, it reminded me of a, of a story about these uh, two grandchildren that during their childhood years, they would go visit grandma who lived alone out in the country, and she had a big backyard and even had chickens. And they looked forward to going those two weeks every summer to visit grandma. And uh, the, the boy decided he would bring a slingshot, and he would go out into the woods and practice the slingshot. He got up in the morning and he went out and he kept trying to target practice, and he, he couldn't hit anything. And he's rather discouraged. He was getting hungry, thought maybe it's getting close to lunchtime. So he walked back to grandma's house, came up through the backyard and noticed the chickens. And he thought, well, I can't hit anything anyway. Picked up the stone, went, doink. He hit one and it dropped off dead. He didn't know what to do. He panicked. He got desperate. He went and he hit it amongst the firewood beside grandma's house. And then he looked around and there was big sister Sally. She'd seen the whole thing. Went in for lunch, and it was, he was quiet, and, and at the end of lunch, Grandma said, Sally, it's your turn. Can you come and help me clean up the dishes? And she said, oh, no, no, no. She said, Johnny wants to. Don't you, Johnny, remember the chicken? <laughs> Supper time came. You know, okay, Sally, it's your turn to help with the chores. 
No, Johnny told me he wanted to do it, didn't you, Johnny? Remember the chicken, you know? <laughs> this went on for days. And finally, Johnny, he just came to a point where he's just carrying this and carrying this. It was ruining his days at Grandma's house. And so he finally just confessed to Grandma. Do you know what Grandma said? I know. I saw the whole thing. I was watching from the window. I wondered how long you would let Sally make a slave out of you. Watch this. You carry your mess ups, they end up carrying you. They define you. They enslave you. Where you go, who you have relationship, it just, it just all gets choked down, shriveled down. It, gets redu it reduces you. What would happen if we went in another direction and we let Jesus carry our mess ups? I want you to pray about this at the end of my teaching. Watch this. Carry your mess ups only long enough to carry them to Jesus. Okay? So here's where we're going. Jesus carries our mess ups. Now, I, I should, uh, you know, this worked in the other two services. I, ever since my New Year's Eve rap, I've had people requesting, when are you going to do another rap, Pastor Keith? And how many heard earlier, I don't like letting people down. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I've been working on it. Do you want to hear it? Confess your way to amazing grace. Don't even think of trying to save face. See it removed until it's replaced. To the destroyer, give absolutely no space. Regift forgiveness to the human race, just like the one you live now to praise. You say, Pastor Keith, you got that from the Bible? Oh, yeah. Watch this. Confess your way to amazing grace. Don't even think of trying to save face, right? Watch this, James 4, 6. I love this line. Say it with me. But he gives us more grace. How many are thankful that his grace is greater than all of our mess-ups? All the mess-ups we will ever make, his grace is greater than all our sin, as the hymn writer says. He gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives so you have to position yourself in humility in order to receive what you need. This involves confession. You say, yeah, but what's this confess your way to amazing grace? It's not that you're earning it. It's that we need to go through a process where we do more than just say, okay, God, messed up again. Thanks for forgiving. Love you. Bye-bye. No, Listen to how he said, in the very next verses, James says it this way, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your, he's talking to Christians, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. See, it's when I go through a time of saying, oh God, I did mess up and I am sorry, and it was wrong, and I want to grow out of it by your grace. That's where you confess your way to amazing grace. See, see confession is not punishment. A lot of people, well, if I confess, it's almost like I'm being put through. It may be painful to your pride, but it's not punishment. Confession is isolating the mess up so it can be removed. Confession is isolating the sin so it can be Removed. As long as I carry my mess-ups, they have control over me, right? I'm enslaved to them. I carry guilt and shame. It compounds. I'm carrying a contagious, contaminating in infection machine. 
You know, I can infect others with it. But confession isolates that sin so it can be removed. And watch this. Jesus builds it right into the prayer so that every time we pray, it's removed. And I have a clean heart before God every time I pray. All right, what about see it removed until it's replaced to the destroyer, give absolutely no space. You know, how many are uh, utilizing the book that Pastor Jonathan made available to our church family, Max Lucado's book, Before Amen, are using that book? Did you come to the part where he talks about the scapegoat? As soon as I came to that part about the scapegoat, I had a memory. How many were with us here about 20 years ago when I brought in a live goat to all of our services? Yeah? Okay, well, I was trying to show that, you know, we know that Jesus was led as a lamb to the slaughter, like Isaiah says, that Jesus died to pay for the damage of our sin. The scapegoat truth helps us understand that he not only paid the price, but he takes away our sin. Because on the Day of Atonement, now it's called in the Jewish community Yom Kippur, on that holiday around Easter time, the high priest of the Old Testament, I was trying to people, help people understand why animal sacrifices in the Old Testament? Why, why priesthood? You know, why can't you go directly to God? And I was, so, we, so I brought in a live goat and um, we had one of our staff dressed up in the high priest outfit, you know, with the big hat and the cloak and all this. And he would come over and when I would say the words I'm about to read to you, he would put his hands up like this and guess what the goat did in every service? Anyway, his hands went up, the goat wet the floor. You know what I'm saying? Every service. So I thought by the final service, the goat's going to have it figured out, right? Guess what? He messed up again. <laughs> he messed up again. Here's what I read from the Old Testament, Leviticus 16. He will lay both, the high priest will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. Then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will say it with me, carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. Why does God have a scapegoat as part of the old covenant? Because he was pointing to a day where not only would we have a savior, a lamb of God, who would pay the debt for our sin in its entirety, but listen to me, he would take away our sin permanently. It'd be gone. Isaiah, centuries before Jesus the Messiah even came, he was talking about the cross. No one else in the Jewish community was expecting that kind of a crucifixion of their Messiah. But Isaiah had already talked about it, chapter 53. And here's what he says. He says, the Lord God will lay upon him, the Messiah, the iniquity of us, Oh, all of our sins will be laid upon him. Doesn't it give a punch? John the Baptist nails it when he says, in introducing Jesus publicly, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who 
takes away the sin of the world. All of our sin is taken away in Jesus. Now, Sesame Street children's TV program writers came up with what they thought was a great idea to have Kermit the Frog turn into a, from a Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde kind of a thing. He turned into this dark, uh, sinister personality on a children's program. This parent, and Esther, my wife, we paid the price. Because our preschool boy, David, who was in the first service with his kid, who's about the same age right now, <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't know how many nights I had to get up, you know, after praying with David, putting him and Matthew to bed in their bunk beds, and, 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 and it's going to be all right. And uh, then you go to bed or you'd be out and about in the house somewhere else and, and you'd hear this from the boy's bedroom, uh, David saying, Dad? And you'd go in. It was always the same thing because you'd heard it the night before and the night before that, Kermit the Frog, David would say, he's right there. I said, where is he? He's right there. I'll turn the lights on. Is he still? Yes, he's right there. And I, I, he is not. Look at, come over here. And I, try, I tried every trick in the book that I could think of as a parent until one night, you know, go to bed. Jesus is with you. Night, night. Love you, boys. Da, da, da. Go to bed. Dad. So I went in, turned on the light. And I said, David, what is it? He says, Kermit the Frog. I said, where is he? He's over there. I thought of something. I said, okay, David, where is he? Right here? Is he here? Here? I found the exact spot that he was. In his imagination, just in case here. Okay. <laughs> he wasn't really there. <laughs> and I grabbed him. I said, do I have him now? He said, yes. I said, David, quick, go downstairs, open the door. We went down the split level stairs of our house, out the front door, and I went outside and I threw Kermit the Frog as far as I could. And I went in, closed the door and we locked it. I said, David, where is he now? He's out there. <laughs> and you know what, David? He's not coming back. He's gone forever. You won't have any more nightmares about him. And he didn't. <laughs> Before we leave here today, my sincere prayer for you who are still being haunted by mess-ups of the past, and you mess up this week, and your default is to beat yourself up, to get to a place where you will see what Jesus did. You'll take into captivity every thought, every accusation of the evil one. You'll march them to the cross, and you'll say, Jesus, you've already paid the price, and you took them away, and they're gone forever, and they're not coming back. Not coming back. That's my prayer for every one of you in this place. Matter of fact, watch this. Watch how you, you've got, again, you have to say this with me, but here you insert your name. You insert your name. I'm going to say Keith Smith. Okay? You know what your name is? Here we go. Behold, say it with me. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of Keith Smith. Oh, someone should say hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, re-gift the forgiveness to the human race, just like the one you live now to praise. You know, Pastor Jonathan and I did a whole series on forgiveness a couple of years ago, and I, I just want to put it out there, because some of you right now may be going through something with someone, 
And you're, you'd benefit from a more uh, comprehensive teaching on forgiveness because you know what Pastor Jonathan and I cover in that series? Things like this. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It doesn't mean you forget. It doesn't mean you're letting the person off the hook. It doesn't necessarily mean you trust them in that area again. It, it, forgiveness is not restoration. Watch this. Forgiveness. I love Corey Ten's boom. I don't know anybody that said it any better that picked up on the teaching of Jesus. She said, forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and discovering that the prisoner is you. Forgiveness is a gift to yourself. You gift yourself. You're saying, oh, look at the grace I've received from Jesus. By the way, do you know what? From now till the day you die, you're going to mess up a bit every day. Well, okay, some bigger ones too. You're going to mess up. Do you know what? There's enough forgiveness in Jesus for all those mess ups. And that's just you. Like there's, I don't know, how, there's a thousand people here and the, how the people in Toronto and Ontario and Canada, the world, how many, oh, that's a lot of grace. But do you remember James? He gives how much grace? He gives it's always greater than all of humankind's sin. Isn't that amazing? No wonder we say amazing grace and we sing about it. God has enough grace. But here's, here's the one part I want to pick up on because it's so true in forgiving others and ourselves. And it is this. Watch this. Forgive one another. Oh, by the way, if you want to get in on those, you just go to this website right here and you can, all the past teachings are there. Now, now, now look at this. Look at this next verse from Ephesians. The Apostle Paul writes, forgiving each other just as in Christ God. Listen to me. How many, just link up now with what I just said about all the grace that God has. How many of there's enough grace for everyone, everywhere, for all time? And that includes me. So if there's all that grace there, are we ever going to run out of the grace we need to forgive someone else? If we're the source of the forgiveness, we're, we're going to run dry. But how many are thankful his grace never runs dry? It's always there. It's, always, it's abundant grace. He lavished it upon us. The Apostle Paul says, there's abundance. There's enough grace to keep forgiving us from now until the day we die and all humanity until we all stand before the Lord. And so that's what you have. That's the resource you have. That's the reservoir you have to draw on when it comes to forgiving other people. When you run out of forgiveness, all you have to do is turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, wow, look at how you forgive me. And how many know there's lots more to come? Lots more to come. So I really probably need to add just a little bit more to the wrap to encompass this truth, right? Do you want to hear the whole thing? I didn't hear any no's. I like unity in a church. Confess your way to amazing grace. Don't even think of trying to save face. See it removed until it's replaced. To the destroyer, give absolutely no space. Regift forgiveness to the human race, just like the one you live now to praise. Because when you take your mess ups to Jesus face to face, you'll walk away carrying only gratitude for his amazing grace. All right, musicians are going to join before we pray together. I pray it'll be a very special life trajectory changing prayer time. Um,
this lady, she's been with the Lord for a number of years, but I'll never forget. I think she was either late 60s, early 70s when she came to see me. And uh, she made an appointment. She's just so gracious. Just one of those faithful, sweet people that you had in your church family. She was not a 3C senior. Do you know what I'm saying? She was a 3S senior. Smart, sweet, and supportive. Whew, glad I remembered. <laughs> and, and she came and I could tell she was nervous. She, she was reluctant. I thought, what in the world is she going to be talking to me about? And so she... We got to it, and she said, you know, I, I messed up when I was a teenage girl, and uh, this is what happened, and uh, I've, I've asked the Lord to forgive me. She said, I've never told anyone else in all my life, but I, I just, I'm just still carrying this, Pastor Keith. So, you know, one thing, I remember just the anger that rose up in me against the devil, He's kept this woman tormented for over 55 years over something that Jesus took care of on the cross 2,000 years ago. Talk about being out of date. So I, 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 I gently and lovingly with the compassion of Jesus said, when Jesus died on the cross, did he die for that particular sin that's tormenting you? Did he die for it? Did he pay for it? So you're trying to pay for something that's already been paid for? Have you confessed it? Oh, every, all the time, Pastor. It just torments me. I, I confessed it so many. Okay, well, watch this now. He not only paid the debt, he took it away. He took it away. And we began to talk about what Jesus did and when he cleansed it away. And I talked about replacing the guilt now with gratitude. I said, you know, this, week, you, this is so embedded in your psyche now. You're going to have this come back and try and haunt you again. Listen, will you promise me that the next time that the accuser of the brethren, by the way, the, 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 the Christian, the accuser of the Christian comes and tries to falsely accuse you about something that Jesus took care of, Will you promise me that you won't even talk to him? <laughs> He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's an accuser. Don't even talk to him. You're not accountable to him. You're accountable to Jesus. And you know what Jesus has to say about this? Don't beat yourself up. Don't give one more time, moment to having any condemnation. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. Never become entangled again with that yoke of bondage. Here's what you do. Next time that thought, that accusation comes to you, just right away to say, thank you, Jesus, for your amazing grace that takes away all my sin forever. And she did. I don't know, it was the next weekend, but it wasn't long after. I saw her in the lobby of the church and, and I looked at her and she wasn't even really shy. I thought she'd be a little shy because it was so vulnerable that moment. And I, but she looked and she smiled. She looked up right in my eyes and she smiled. I said to my wife coming out, I said, it's all right to say that I used to wink at her. <laughs> but I did. It was just like, what was the difference? She just had a lightness about her spirit. She'd replace guilt with gratitude. She'd carried it 
long enough, but finally carried it to Jesus and left it with him and Jesus carried it away forever. That's what happened. That's what I want to invite you to do over these next few moments. Not just for mess ups that you're carrying right now, but how about we just sort of decide Jesus going forward in my Christian future when I mess up, you've already provided for that. You already provided forgiveness right in the prayer that you gave me. You know I'm going to mess up and you've already provided for it through the cross. How about this? While this song is being sung, I don't know whether you want to kneel forward or close your eyes or just, just find some sometime and somewhere in this song where you say two things. Jesus, going forward in my Christian life, I'm going to carry my mess ups only long enough to carry them to you. Okay? I'm only going to carry my mess ups long enough to carry them to you because you took care of them on the cross. And then, then second thing, right away, right away, just praise Jesus for his amazing grace that takes away all of our sin forever. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.